Jeff Risden from the LionsWire.com, part of the USA Today Network, also a co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast, their latest edition Looking ahead to the Packers and the Lions on Sunday night is available on YouTube. Just search uh, Detroit Lions podcast. And Jeff, what was the theme of your podcast? Can the Lions beat the Packers, obviously, first and foremost? And also, can the Rams beat Seattle? Right. And the answer to both of those is maybe. Uh I think it's honestly more likely that the Lions beat the Packers than the Rams beat the Seahawks. But... The, the Rams, look, they, they have found something in Baker Mayfield, and they found that they can run the ball a little bit. Seattle, over the last eight weeks, has been one of the worst teams in football. Now, they, they have skated to a couple of wins in that point, but they're not playing good football. So it, the opportunity is certainly there. We talked about it on Monday when we, when we talked that uh, you know there is an opportunity for the Lions to 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 get everything to fall their way and it's it's right there for them it's not going to be easy it's going to take some luck it's going to take some favorable bounces it's going to take dedication to your game plan um as dan campbell said yesterday don't don't chase the cheese like just go in and do what we do don't get involved in all that stuff just play detroit lions football and if they do that they beat them once this year they've won two in a row they've won actually four of the last seven in green bay it's not it's not undoable <laughs> Golf is three and one uh, against Packers in his career, and the one loss was his last game in Los Angeles. He played well in that game. Their defense took a dive, uh, and he played. Didn't he just have like thumb or finger surgery? Right, he did. That was that was that playoffs. Uh, yeah, they they lost thirty two to eighteen. He played a very good game. Uh, they the Packers in that game went eleven for twelve on third down against that that Rams defense. That's why they lost. It wasn't Jared Goff's fault. Uh, it's it's the the narrative out there that Jared Goff can't play in the cold is very strange to me. Uh, I, I've been in Northern California. I don't know if you have, but like Berkeley, like it snows there. Like he he played in it in his bowl game in college. He played in snow. Like it's not it's not uncommon for him. This isn't this isn't Vince Young coming out of Houston and never seeing snow in his life until he's twenty six years old, which is that's a true story. Like th- that's not him. Like he's. Is he better inside? Heck yeah, he is. But the the the, the narrative that he can't play outside and in, in, in the cold is, is kind of weird. But it is what it is. Well, here's uh, from Jacob Morley, who's a Packers blogger. Uh, his tweet, Jared Goff's career passer rating in games below 40 degrees. It's supposed to be 23 yep. around kickoff Sunday night in Green Bay. 74.9 QB rating, only 10 TDs, 7 interceptions. That's his Record under 40 degrees uh, for the season. Uh, Goff, 29 TDs, 7 interceptions. Home games, 23 TDs, only 3 interceptions. Away games, only 6 TD passes and 4 INTs. And that's where the game's going to lie. Can he translate what he's done at home onto the road? Didn't do it in Carolina. Didn't really do it. Uh, in the first Chicago game, like he's, I think he's playing better now than he was. Obviously, the Carolina game gets just thrown out. That 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 would, and I'm very happy that they proved that that game was was an anomaly. Yeah, but like, he wasn't horrible then. That was the defense and 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 the holes that were as big as any 
yeah. uh, lanes to run through that I've ever seen in the NFL. It looked like it was a bad college defense yeah. on the other side. He was also their leading rusher that day. That doesn't help him either. <laughs> he had 15 yards rushing. That that was better than Swift and Williams did. Goff was the leading rusher in that was. loss to Carolina. Yeah. So he wasn't horrible. You know, again, you take the, the – it was exchange. It wasn't on him on the fumble yeah. uh, inside the 10. I – I look at the game is on golf, and it's on the Lions' defense. I mean, the Packers Definitely. are playing great football right now. Their defense has figured out how to take the ball away. So if you got... looked in the NFC, this side of San Francisco, Green Bay at least visually looks like the second-best team right now. Green Bay and Detroit are, are two of the, the, the four best teams in football over the last in the NFC over the last month. That It's, it's weird that they're playing together in the last game, and it means so much. One of the big things for Green Bay and why they've turned their season around is the same reason the Lions season turned around. Their defense started getting turnovers. Like they're not their their stop rate on drives when they don't get a turnover is about the same as it was. They're getting three turnovers every game. When your defense is taking the ball back from the opposing offense, that makes life just so much easier. That's where that's where the Lions have been really good. Jared Goff has been fantastic at protecting the ball. One turnover in eight weeks. That's Something's got to give there. Um, is is it the Packer? Is is it Goff staying the way he's been, being protecting the ball well while still being aggressive and, and attacking the defense, or is it the Packers' defense getting to him, getting some pressure with their front against the Lions' offensive line, and and Goff panicking and, and making a turnover? That that's where this game's going to be decided. Uh, the other the other side of it, can the Lions turn the game one dimensional on defense? Obviously, it sounds weird that you don't want Aaron Rodgers to, to beat you, obviously, but Aaron Jones, when he's good, Green Bay's really good. He, he's a great running back. He does not get the respect that he deserves, I think, because somewhat because Aaron Rodgers is in the same backfield as him. When he's going, they're a really, really tough team to play because you've got to honor that run. That's when you start cheating your safeties up. That's when your linebackers are leaning forward instead of being balanced, and you can hit that little tight end flip that, that Rodgers is so good at. So uh, being able to stop the run this week is going to be huge for the defense. Uh, another note, uh, speaking of golf with time to throw, clean pocket from pro football focus. Goff's completion percentage under no pressure, 73.6%, seventh of the 32 starting NFL QBs. Touchdowns with the clean pocket, 24, third out of 32 NFL QBs. NFL QB rating with a clean pocket, 115.5 second out of 32 teams, 32 QBs. Uh, Turnover worthy play percentage, 3.1, which is seventh uh, highest of 32 QBs. So uh, you look at that number, and on the flip side, you if Green Bay gets pressure on golf, uh, the completion percentage drops to 41.2%, 29th yeah. out of 32 QBs, and his QB rating drops to 58.026. So there's a yeah. simple formula. They have a great offensive line. They need to protect Goff, give him time to throw. They got a ton of receivers. Uh, be able to run that football with Williams and Swift. And then, you know, even last week, Rodgers and the offense, and Watson is – emerging now he is you know as his go-to guy it's going to be on that lions defense to get pressure i'm not going to say the secondary has to step up i think pressure will help the secondary and the lions need a lot of heat on rogers
Oh, 100%. And this is where James Houston, being the rookie sack leader, uh, even though he's only played in six games, he's got eight sacks. Aiden Hutchinson, second at 7.5. They're going to have to have big games. You're going to have to have that, that... that middle of the field defense where it's Alex Anzalone, Rodrigo, uh, Derek Barnes, hopefully Deshaun Elliott is coming back. It sounds favorable that he's going to wind up playing, which is good. Those guys being able to make plays in both the run and the pass game is huge. And uh, they, you know, the one of the things that the Packers did the first time they played, the tight ends killed us. Wide receivers, uh, I actually charted this at, at Lionsway the other day. When he threw to wide receivers, he was 10 for 23, Rodgers was. Uh, throwing to tight ends, nine for ten, uh, and the miss was a drop. They're they're very good at exploiting that weakness, and that has been a problem for the Lions. They're they are the worst team in the league at defending tight ends in the passing game. That's one you got to neutralize. They have been better at it lately. Alex Anzalone, until the the Carolina game, had played very very well of late. You're seeing. That that's why Deshaun Elliott is coming, and that's where Kirby Joseph stepping up is so big. But again, if you get pressure on him, that's when you can drop James Houston, and it, maybe he get maybe gets into a passing lane that Aaron Rodgers doesn't expect him to be. That's how that's how the 49ers play defense. That, those are wrinkles that the Lions can adapt from that and, and use in this game. Uh, look, you're playing for a playoff spot. I, I don't. I honestly, I'm one of those people. I know that the Rams and the Seahawks are playing first and that the outcome does, in fact, matter. I, I think Dan Campbell, when he says that it doesn't matter, we're, you know, we are playing for the playoffs, and if we don't get in, we want to be the team that keeps Aaron Rodgers out. 100% believe that's accurate and that the team believes in that. So they will, they, they, even if Seattle blows out the Rams and it's over early, Lions are going to be playing to win this game. No, no question about it. Well, what about Kelly Stafford? I think on the Instagram feed for her or the Staffords of the Detroit Rams that he's eligible to come off the IR that Stafford would play against a team that doesn't provide a heavy pass rush in Seattle they give up a lot of points you know Lions scored 45 on them would Matt Stafford and the Rams in the finale come off of IR win that game knowing that he's helping his former team at least go into the final game of the year that night which would be on Sunday at Green Bay. You know, it's a fun story it's not going to happen. It's it's fun to think about it though, but not. But his wife is putting Detroit Rams out there. He, uh, he has not been in their facility in Kelly some time. Stafford annoys me. Oh, I do not Beyond. miss I do not miss having the Kelly Stafford oh my saga God. going on in my life at all. Anytime an athlete's <laughs> wife Brother, family member, dad, mom yeah. talks more than they do publicly. Yeah, that's frustrating. Oh, it's it, annoying. It is. Uh, I think it kills the image of the athlete. It's. I really. It do. is. It's weird because it drove Stafford to doing pizza, pizza commercials. He is good in those commercials. He actually he has a good he has good timing. He does. He's he's taken over for Baker Mayfield now. Ironically, Baker Mayfield is now the quarterback for the Rams. But that's yeah. I it's not going to happen. Those progressive ads are working well in Cleveland <laughs> with Baker at the stadium living there. That Alice Cooper one that they did that that's one of the greatest ads I've ever seen. Uh, maybe because I'm an Alice Cooper fan. I don't know. It's. I, I do miss that, and I, I do think that Baker Mayfield and the Rams can beat the Seahawks this weekend. It's going to depend on... They have to. Come on, we need Sunday night where the Lions are playing to go to the playoffs. 
How long has it been? It's been seven seasons uh, since 2016. Uh 2014 since they had a real good shot at it. It's been it's been way too long. When was the last time they had a regular season game this important that they had to win? Well, they they need help. They have to beat the Packers and like uh, we're just talking about you know, uh, there, Baker Mayfield and the Rams on. have to. Win. They can win, they can be nine and eight from one and six to nine and eight, which I predicted. Even, even if you, you got that right. Uh, even if they do you miss the playoffs that with, with a little, like, I can't believe that you got that right. Oh, well, it's, it's more of, I can't believe that this has come played out this way. You From know. where they were at one and six. Yeah. Think about that. At one and six, Jeff, you've talked to us every week uh, this year, and you were in studio last year. Yeah. When they were sitting at one and six, and the draft order would come out, and the Lions had the overall number one pick. And they did. And everybody. And I don't care who you are. You can claim you didn't. You know, I follow Twitter. You're on Twitter. Friends, on-air, guest. There was nobody. There was nobody saying that this team uh, could finish to the point where they could be playing for 9-8. and eight. At 1-6, and six, you were wondering not only about the short term, but you were wondering long term if Dan right. Campbell and Holmes we had were the those right conversations. Guys. Is is Sheila Ford Hamp going to be? Is she going to tolerate a, a three and fourteen season? And that was a very and she real threw out support when they were one and six, and everybody was screaming. Right, that's right. And and to their credit, they got it turned around, uh, and they did it their way too. They didn't really panic. They just sort of got better at doing what they were doing and got healthier. And that's it, it's it's been look. I've covered the Lions for a long time. This is my eighth season covering them in one form or another. This is the most fun I've had the last eight weeks. It's just been, you know, when when I go to the gym and people who know me there come up and it used to always be like the awkward, like, do we want to talk about the Lions with Jeff today? And now they're like, hey, man, let's talk some Lions. Like, it, it's fun. I enjoy that. Uh, it's it's neat that, you know, when I go to my, my kids' sporting events and and people are like, how about those lions, man? Their face, their faces light up. There's energy. There's That's why they have to. to they have to walk into that game playing for a playoff spot. I, I, I think the buzzkill if Seattle beats the Rams. I get wanting to end Rogers' season, and I assume Dan Campbell can get those guys up. But from a fan perspective, as a lifelong Lions fan, that Sunday night game at Lambeau. We need Seattle to beat the Rams so the winner is in. Now, Green Bay controls their destiny. They do. Okay, they they beat the Lions on Sunday. They're in no matter what Seattle does. But, man, we need we, we need Seattle to lose. Because I, I was there for the 48-45 game, which was the worst defensive performance ever from a Lions team. They made Geno Smith look like a Hall of Famer. And, and granted, he's had a good year. He's fallen off lately, but yeah, you're right. And they're, they're they just they did not punt in that game. That was one of the games where the, the Lions did not get a, a punt or a stop. That's uh, their offense at home has been phenomenal. You know, it's interesting. If this game was at home, a lot of people would think the Lions are going to win it. It's because it's outdoors, right? And it's at Lambeau at home this year. The Lions have been incredible in terms of offense. Oh, 100%. They're, they're More 30-point games than the Bills or the Chiefs. You're Detroit Lions. And they're doing that with Jared Goff, with uh, 
a running back like like Jamal Williams had had three really bad weeks in a row. Breaks out against Chicago, FedEx Ground Player of the Week ran for a career high 144 yards. Had the the longest run of his career. That's the type of thing that gives you confidence and inspiration going into a Week 18 game in, in Green Bay. Look, I, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised if Green Bay wins. But I also think on the flip side, most of most of us in Lions Land are like, you know, we can we can win this game. It's not going to be a big surprise if the Lions go in there and do it. I, I don't think a lot of people like, expect it, but I don't I don't think it's going to be like this big shocker that the Lions go in and pull this off. They're, they're a good football team. They're playing good football right now. They have they, they've beaten good teams along the way. Look at what they did to Jacksonville. That, and Jacksonville's they're a playoff team now. <laughs> one of one of the things that that my my co-host on the podcast Chris Saint came up with last night. The Bears last weekend were the only team the Lions have played all year that was eliminated going into last weekend. Every other team has been in the playoff race and and in the thick of it or qualified already. Uh, obviously, Washington fell out. <laughs> They've got quarterback problems. But you saw, like, they've played a really difficult schedule. They're, they're prepared for this game. It's not like they've gotten by, you know, beating up on Houston and Indianapolis and and those teams of the world. They, they've earned their way there. And that's that's one of the reasons why I give them a really good shot at, at pulling this off. Yeah, so if we can get the Rams to take care of business, and again, Seattle, yeah, their defense doesn't get a lot of pressure, and Mayfield has a big game, and they they win, and then we get the Lions and the Packers on Sunday night, and again, that game time temp supposed to be around 23 degrees, no precipitation is forecasted, and with a win uh, by the Rams and the Lions, the Lions then would grab that seven seed, and... Would they open up against Minnesota? More than likely against Minnesota. And that's a winnable game. I would expect the Lions. The Lions have been the better team than Minnesota for a long time this season. Uh, and they, they proved it a couple weeks ago. Minnesota is, they're, they're one of those teams that goes in, and it happens every year. It was, it was the Titans last year, where a team gets hot early in the season and they ride to a great record and they run out of gas. It sure looks like what Minnesota's doing this year. I'm not, I'm they've not been lucky. To... Let's be honest. They've been lucky. They have and, been. and I know you make your own luck, and it's scoreboard, and we can use all the sports cliches on earth. But they've been exposed at times by the Cowboys, right? Yeah, by the Packers, Last by the week, Lions. By the Lions. Yeah. Right? They, they've been exposed. Lions led by double digits, right? Yeah. Packer, Remember? Packers, yeah. that game last week was not competitive. Do you, do you understand? I, I was thinking about this listening to X's and Bros, which is heard on the Michigan Sports Network on 96 won the game, our flagship station in Grand Rapids. And I think Ryan, Dan, Anthony were talking. If you If you have, think about this. If you just have that Minnesota game and that Seattle game back as W's, as W's right now, you are a 10-win team. You're the five seed. (laughs) And Minnesota might have had a different run if they lose that game at home. That's right. You you easily could have been playing the Packers maybe for winning the NFC North. Entirely possible. So anywhere between a four... Yeah, so then you're playing for potentially having a home game in Detroit uh, next week, uh, perhaps against Green last Bay. Last home game for the Lions in the playoffs was the game at the Silverdome, wasn't it? Yeah. Long against time the Cowboys. Ago. Was that January 92, but the 91 season? It was the 91 season, yeah. It's been a long time. Wow. Man, when that day comes, 
I uh, that's going to be the toughest ticket ever. It's but look how close they are though. We're going. You could say the Miami game where they played awesome in the first half at home and then blew it in the second half. But I just look at I look at Seattle and I look at at Minnesota. You're you're already locked. You've already locked up a playoff spot. Yep. That's and, it. And that that's where the lessons are that they're going to apply. We said it on the podcast when we recorded last night. This is the worst Lions team you're going to see in the next three or four years with all the draft picks that they're adding with the cap room that they've got. Now, obviously, health matters with that. Goff staying where he's at or whatever. But in terms of overall talent, this is the thinnest the Lions are going to be over the next few years. That And the fact that they can look back and there's like, hey, we blew that opportunity last year. That's something that Dan Campbell and his staff can use and say, we got to be sharp every game next year because we're going to the playoffs next year. We're playing for we're playing for division titles now. We've got to this that's that's what good coaches will do. And I think Dan Campbell's a good enough coach to realize that. And that's where the game on Sunday there is the double meaning that if the Rams beat Seattle in that four o'clock game, the Lions with a win are in the playoffs. But if Seattle would win that game, the Lions are playing a message game for oh. the fall of two thousand and twenty three. One hundred percent. Where if you go eliminate the Packers. You're saying, I think we are the NFC North favorites. That's sending a message. And it, and Do you agree with that? Absolutely. And it's also sending the message. Uh, we, <laughs> remember remember back in Hard Knocks when, when Dan Campbell talked about the abyss and dragging guys out to drown them. There would be nothing better as a consolation prize for not getting into the postseason if Seattle wins than drowning Aaron Rodgers in the frigid depths of Lake Michigan. Okay, uh, in his but you're, last you're, game. you're saying figuratively. Okay, you're not yes, talking yeah, about yeah. you're not talking about Dan Gamble pulling no. the Sopranos and taking him out on a nice fishing no, a little shanty. No, okay, it, we just I want to make sure it's we, all metaphorical. We're not we're not advocating well, we, we drowning need, we people. Need, we need to explain that. We because probably do. <laughs> you've met my audience. Okay, we need we need to explain. People are going. I think Risden just said that Dan Campbell's taking Aaron Rodgers out ice fishing before the game on Saturday and he's going to drown him in one of those holes that takes you nine hours to dig so you can catch a six-inch fish in minus 20 weather. Oh, I can't wait to ice fish. Guess we're not going ice fishing, Oh, are my we, God, no. <laughs> I'm a, I'll, I'll take me to Florida. I'll go fishing when it's 75. Uh, Jeff Risden, the other voice you're hearing from the LionsWire.com. Also on Twitter, follow him. Uh, a great feed. Uh, at Jeff, J-E-F-F-R-I-S-D-O-N. Also, the Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube. Search for that. Uh, their preview and conversation about the Packers game Sunday night or Sunday night is up. Just search uh, Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube. In studio for another segment today, Jeff Risden from thelionswire.com. Also, co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast. You can hear weekly on YouTube, just search Detroit Lions podcast. He's joining us, talking uh, Lions, all the NFL headlines. Uh, good to hear uh, Damar Hamlin. Uh, neurologically, everything seems okay. Uh, setting up. Uh, lungs need to heal, but uh, that, that's some great news it, today. It really is. You know, it's it's been it was a difficult week for those of us in the sports media that you know. We talked about this again on the podcast last night, but we know these guys. We know their families. We see them with their kids, with their their parents. With like, we have more access to them as humans 
than fans get. And for a lot of us, I'll say just about all of us, it's it's been a very difficult time to process that because we see on the other players now, like, like, oh man, like it it really is a game changing thing for a lot of the players and, and the humanity behind it. And, uh, it's it's been cool to see fans of all persuasions and teams and and everybody coming together around it. It it's awful that it had to happen that way, but it's been a really uplifting week to to cover in the NFL. And it did not it wasn't predetermined to come out that way. It's like there's still a lot that has to go on, but the fact that he's got his faculties that he's you know able to breathe on his own now it's uh, it, it's nothing but positive, and it's great it's great to hear. You know, it's uh, it's good for the Bills and that organization oh, and the yeah. Bengals who are there uh, on the field with him when CPR is being administered Monday night. It, it really it's not closure because he still has the road back on recovery, but it looks you know really good right now. Yeah, uh, at least what we're hearing from yeah the Cincinnati. early reports are great right. on it. And and one quick thing on but this for the Bills, yeah, uh, for the Bills for that team. Yeah. To know he's better, yeah, and that he's hundred oh, percent. To know that they're and they're moving forward because they all have jobs, which is playing football. They, and the Bills, they got a, they got a big game this weekend, right? And, <laughs> and and we'll touch on you know about the makeup game, which uh, and that still is a decision. Yeah, uh, we still haven't made. still haven't seen what's going on with that. One quick thing on this: um, I learned how to do CPR and use an AED um, as part of a class, and I cannot stress enough if you have the opportunity to do that. Please do it because you might save a life and it might be somebody that you care about. Uh, and like it's one of those things I absolutely mind it when I go into a gym now when I'm with, with one of my kids when they're playing basketball or volleyball. I just absolutely mind it like, oh, the AD's over there. Like if I have to use it, God God willing, you know, I can I can do it. And uh, it, it's it's four hours out of your day to learn how to save somebody's life. Um, it's worth doing it. I know all the officials uh, in in the, the MHSAA and, and their associations do have to learn how to do that. Uh, it's you, you hope you never have to use it, but it's a skill that you need to use, and it, it absolutely saved his life the other night. We had the Wings team physician, uh, Dr. Tony Colucci from Henry Ford Health Systems on the east side of the state, also one of the leading emergency resuscitation uh, docs in America. He, he said he hopes the day is coming where the AEDs will be right next to the uh, tires and vehicles, the spare tire. Yeah, right. Absolutely. That be in vehicles. They they should be everywhere. That you know, you're you're going with the family hiking or something. That you know, a portable one that comes along. So the awareness uh, and emotion and America coming together uh, for Demar has really shown uh, the true heart of people you know and it's great week. that it happened in like at the end of the holiday season when people like all the good tiding and great joy is wearing right. off and the cynicism's kicking back in if you watch tv at all you're going to be cynical these days with what's going on to have something like that obviously it's, it's tragic in the manner that it happened but i think that the way that sports in america and just america in general is handling it has been very very cool to, to me personally in, in being in sports media but seeing like I had friends that were at the game, uh, and uh, my friend Kristen, uh, she's a Bengals fan. She's married to a my, my fraternity brother, Andy, who's a diehard Bills guy from Buffalo. They took video um, when the ambulance was on the field. They were in the front row of the upper bowl. You could hear them talking on the field. Like, there's no ambient noise in the stadium. Everybody is dead silent. Like, nobody knows what to say, what to do. That's, that, that's, that's a horrifying situation. The fact that we're going to come out of it, 
with with Demar Hamlin still being alive and and hopefully able to go on and leave a normal life. That's uh, that that's awesome. And that, and that's so good for a uh, Demar, his family, uh, the Bills uh, family, the team, yeah. and and moving forward. Uh, into another weekend of the National Football League, which we'll talk about that uh, coming up in a few moments. Also, we'll get to Harbaugh from your NFL perspective. Uh, what's the right fit if Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan? I There's conflicting reports. Harbaugh will say something in North Carolina, I'm going to stay. And then you hear uh, Denver, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, the indie yeah. job, you know, where he played. So I'll get your... Yeah, uh, I'll get your huge opinion on that. I, I did want to, uh, when we were talking about uh, the the violence of the NFL, and when I say violence, it's controlled, it's speed, it's power, it's big guys, right, who can move. It's interesting when you look at that commercial for the NFL Pro Bowl, which will be a flag football game, when you look at the protection given to quarterbacks but not other players on no. the field, when you look at articles, which always happens every time there's a situation in football, there's the article that the game is too violent. It will begin uh, to lose participation at the youth level, high school level. And I go back to what Dr. K, one of our sports medicine insiders, has always said when the concussion era started, right? You can't compare youth and high school football and even college to a point to the NFL. You can't. No, you can't. You can't they, because they, of the speed, the power. The strength, the size, you, you can't make that comparison about potentially uh, I, I, fatal injuries, which would be a head injury, you know, break your neck. Those things uh, do happen, unfortunately. But uh, like I said, when I was talking with, I think, Dr. K or Dr. Colucci yesterday, I'm more concerned about my uh, kids driving than I am about them playing sports. Including my yeah, son, Ace, who plays football. Your son plays football. Uh, my son did play football. He he wasn't good at it, so he stopped. He basketball player. He's six nine. He's six nine. He's the big man. He's six in the nine, two hundred pounds. That's not a football body. We need to start <laughs> eating. Get him just going through the drive through all the time. Oh, six nine, two hundred. But he's a glass cleaner. If I, you could see what he eats in a day, he Lane eats, Windex. He eats a family sized box of Cheerios every day, just as like snack food. Yeah, you got to get the cereal away from the kids. You got to get them like peanut butter. Sandwiches. Yeah. He's, he's getting Peanut better butter about on it. bagels. No, I'm telling you right now. He's getting now. better about it, but that's uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, I got, you know, my son Ace will eat anything, and he puts on good weight, which is, you know, good weight. You know what I'm talking about, yeah. which ends in your life after you're 30. Uh, good weight. Just, <laughs> there's not good weight. The good weight went out the window exactly. 20 years ago for me. Exactly. You know, I'm 61. What's good weight? I see photos from back when I'm 28. I'm like, I had muscles uh, I in my abs. I really did. Uh, are you kidding me? You know, the pictures come up on the screensaver when I was playing competitive beach volleyball. I'm like, God, I know. what the hell happened to that guy? I know. What, what's up with that? <laughs> I mean, my, I'm busting out the, the 34 waist jeans. Now if I want to jump in the 34 waist pants, it'd have to be a reality series. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I would say, like, my youngest son, he eats everything and doesn't put on weight. I think it's just... Genetics and, uh, but you know, yeah. your kid's six. I mean, nine. it happened to me too when I was in high school. And I yeah, was, but, when uh, I was a junior in high school, I was six foot three and Lane Windex, pounds. Lane Windex Risden, the glass cleaner for Zeeland East on the west side of the state. He's, he's having a good year. They got a big game tomorrow night. This going to be fun. Uh, Zeeland East, Zeeland West. That's, and those schools are right next to each other, literally. Yeah. They my, used to my, be one and they split My the son two has two classes in West. He does. Uh, yeah. It's just very weird so how they, they do that. they go back, yeah, and they split the schools up for yeah. sports, right? Yeah. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good battle. Wes has got a very good team, very talented young men. Uh, 
but it's uh, that that'll be my Friday night. I, I think the glass you got to watch him. He he warms up in one of those white glass cleaner suits and everything. <laughs> He's the glass cleaner, Lane Windex Risden, six nine two hundred a junior. Yeah, out of Zeeland, Michigan, yeah. averaging seventeen points and six blocks a game right now. Six blocks. Yep. How many boards though? Seven and a half. He's got to get that up. Plays high post. So. Oh, high post. Yeah. Well, he leads, leads the team in three-pointers made and assists. He does. Yes, he does. So are they playing high post for more pick and roll or for him to pop out and shoot? A little of both. Look yeah. at that. I'm busting out like coaching stuff. Yeah. Superfly's going, I have no idea. We're, what having, guys, fun. we're having fun with that. What, 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 what are these he's guys embarrassed talking to tell about? we're talking about him. So. No, the, uh, you tell Windex <laughs> that I'm expecting the glass to be clean for at least 10 boards against the rival Zeeland West. Well, that would one's be nice. the chicks, one's the ducks. We, right? we are the chicks. Really, they are the ducks. Yeah, really good manly names there for the kids at high school there. The, the chicks the, 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 the It's the bird What bowl. are you, a damn a petting zoo? You got a petting <laughs> zoo in between the two high schools? Oh, look, it's a little duckies. It's the little chicks. So chicks and the ducks. Look for Windex, Risden. It's going to be uh, clean and glass. Be a fun day, day. If he doesn't get 10 rebounds, tell him I'm not going to direct message I, him. I'll, I'll, I'll get on him a tell little bit. Tell him 10, 10 boards. Yeah. All right, uh, the Harbaugh story. Yeah. Uh, when, so, you know, once Michigan season was done, when they blew it against TCU and all the NFL openings that are out there, what do you see from covering the NFL for the Lions yeah. Wire and so the this, Lions this podcast? Is, this the perfect is, fit. What is it? This is strictly like not knowing what Your he's opinion. doing from Michigan Your side. Yeah. The NFL side, they absolutely believe he's coming. Like, no doubt about it. No doubt. I've talked to people in Denver and I've talked to people in Indianapolis, and they're like, I don't know which one he's going to do, but he's going somewhere. Like, they're 100% lockstep convinced that Harbaugh is going back to the NFL. I again I don't know that. My guess would be that I'm not sure that he's simpatico with Jim Irsay and the the uh uh erratic, we'll say, owner of the Indianapolis Colts. I think Denver makes some sense to him. He's got Russell Wilson. I think he likes the idea of having going in where the quarterback is there. I can be the guy that fixes Russell Wilson and gets him back to the Hall of Fame. Their defense is ready to win. And he's now. a god right now with how Denver bottomed out. That yep. if he's if he's nine and eight with Denver next year, uh, they're ecstatic. Yeah, right? and look at look at that division. The Raiders are going backwards. They're, they've given up on Derek Carr. Watch out for the Chargers Char- in the Chargers, playoffs. Chargers are going to be an interesting right. thing. But uh, the the Chiefs are like as long as they got Patrick Mahomes, they're going to be good. But they're precarious. They're if, if at Mahomes, some point, Kelsey and Mahomes are going to get a little bit older. Yeah, and right? if, if they fall off at all, that's not a great team around them. So it, it is an opportunity where you can go to Denver and win. Carolina, I, I've I've heard nothing from them. They're they're still debating whether they're keeping Steve Wilkes or not. Uh, they do make some sense from a football standpoint. If you're Harbaugh and you want to go in, the NFC South is perfectly winnable. We've talked about Tom Brady possibly being done in, in Tampa. They're they're, they won the division. They could be 8-9 and nine to win the division. Uh, New Orleans, don't know what's going on there. They might be having a coaching change. You know, Isn't it Atlanta is a Peyton mess. might come back, right? That's that's the other thing. So that's... Waiting that, to see where he that's goes, That's the right? first domino that's going to fall is what happens with Sean Payton because right. the Saints have control over him. They're asking for at least a first-round pick. They have to You have to trade if you want him. Does Denver make that move? Does Indianapolis make that move? That That's the first one. Because I think he's higher up on the pecking order for the NFL standpoint. Does Denver have any picks left after what they gave Seattle for Russell Wilson? They, they have they have San Francisco's, uh, but the, that's I mean that's twenty 
could be 32. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> they're, the they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so they, they, they mean, do not have a lot of assets. You got to a haul up in Seattle for you know giving up on Wilson. Yeah, and and look at all the players that they gave up in that trade as well that are are helping Seattle. You know, Noah Fant. So what do you you think it's Denver if if if, if he's going that to the makes NFL? The most sense and the most noise I've heard from the NFL side of things is from Denver for Harbaugh for Harbaugh. And I've heard that again. Doesn't mean that he's going. I have yeah, no idea like, what's going on with Michigan, but from the NFL so, side, they seem very convinced. They he's said coming. like fifteen to twenty million a year, possibly. That Denver knows they're going to need to overpay to get their guy. That they've already invested in Wilson. There's no salary cap hit for your coaches. Exactly. So if you t- and now you know college football money, the higher end guys are twelve, thirteen mil. Yep. It's the NFL. You may go tell Harbaugh, here's five years and $20 million a year. And there's other things that go along with that. His former offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, is in Houston. Houston looks like they're overhauling, although I don't think they know what's going on. I don't, I don't think their GM knows what's going on, if he's going to have a job next week or not. He could reunite and help Russell Wilson. That, that's the type of quarterback that Pep Hamilton tends to work well with. Uh, the, the stages are in place for him to make those sorts of things happen. So, And, and he's got a lot of... From his NFL days and from his college days, like he's worked with a ton of people. One of the things that you get when you have coaches cycling in and out all the time is you've got a lot of connections. So he will he will be able to get the staff basically that he wants. Uh, maybe D'Amico Ryan's, who is a defensive coach in San Francisco, he's going to get a lot of head coaching interviews. And I know the people in Houston really want him to be their next head coach. But if he doesn't, he can go to Denver and be the the defensive coordinator under that, and maybe assistant head coach and. That that is something that, again, no knowing nothing about the Michigan side of things, it makes a lot of sense for Harbaugh to make the move now because, other than Sean Payton, he's going to be the hottest candidate. Um, a lot of the other guys you're looking at are, are retreads or guys that are coming out of bad situations or maybe, you know, might not have the the greatest cachet. So if he's going to do it, this is the time to do it, and he can leave Michigan now knowing that he's restored them. To where they are viable national contenders, and and the roster that he's leaving behind there, barring transfer portal madness, which is going on everywhere, uh, they're set up pretty well. Whether obviously he's got like if they if he comes back next year, they're a top five team next year. Well, I think they're preseason number one, they, and they should be. And one thing you said about the potential assistants that have Harbaugh connections. I don't think there's a lot of NFL-ready coaches on his Michigan staff right now that would go with him to Denver or whatever NFL city he ended up in. I would agree with that. And so that leaves, that makes the players feel good because they're more connected at the college level and even at the pro level at times to their position coach. So if you don't have that massive change... Yeah. Then, then you and, don't. And who knows who would you, come you know, in? You Michigan, don't get. You but, don't get a run to the portal. Right. Exactly. And and there's you know, Michigan's got they've got a very strong program right now, and they've that looked like they had a pretty good recruiting class for, that that fits what they want to do. The, their offensive line coach and his name escapes me now. I've voted for him for the Broyles. Teron Moore. Yes, voted for him for the Broyles Award as the top assistant coach in the country. Uh, he's certainly a guy that is is very upwardly mobile as a coach. There. They're in, Michigan is in a good position to survive and stay where they are if Harbaugh leaves now. I think if they go another year, that's when the other teams are going to start selling. Oh, he's, look, he's going. He talked to the Vikings last year. He's always talking like he's going to leave. He's going to like you, they do. You better believe they sell that against him when when they're recruiting kids. 
And at some point, the kids are going to start listening to that, and it's going to get more serious. And, I heard uh, him last year uh, in recruiting, so we'll see what happens. Uh, Jeff Risden, the other voice you hear, uh, he is an NFL insider for the LionsWire.com. You can follow the LionsWire on Twitter and Facebook. Also, Jeff, R-I-S-D-O-N on Twitter. And Jeff's a co-host on the Detroit Lions podcast. You can listen weekly. Just search Detroit Lions podcast. On YouTube, if you have a Lions or NFL question, add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook. All of our social network interaction is presented by the Denver Nuggets G League team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They're at home tonight, and every Thursday home game during the season features $2 beers and $2 dogs inside Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. The Gold take it on Eli Brooks. And Fort Wayne tonight in downtown Grand Rapids. $2 dogs, $2 beers from 6 p.m. until halftime with the Grand Rapids Gold tonight. Uh, Get your tickets at the Van Andel Arena box office. Also search uh, Grand Rapids Gold and follow the Gold on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, Jeff, uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on the show back in studio. Appreciate uh, all your insight when it comes to Lions in the NFL. Of course. Thanks for having me in.